Well, it's a new year. Uh, things are different in everybody's lives, I'm sure. Things are different in your life. Yeah, I've been real sick. Yeah? Yeah. Back to back. Back to back. I ended last year and started this year sick as a dog. <laughs> things have been very different for me. Yeah. Um, and I, hey, both these movies are, I'll say, topical. And how? Are they? Which one's topical for me? Which one's most topical for me? These ones both hit the nail on the head. Yeah? Oh, yeah. For you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. What about me, though? Chris, what about me? I don't know. You know that old adage I'm always saying. Chris, what about me? <laughs> I'm going to guess the, uh, the nope one. The alien one. That one? Spoilers. There's aliens. Of it, yeah. Why do you feel like that one's a, a little more... Uh, relatable for you a lot of running around mentally just flapping and flipping in my bed feels like I'm looking for aliens eating soup alone is a podcast hosted by me Christopher Crumlin and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson we try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. Look, I had a cold open, which would have started already, that I really wanted to, to throw at you. Hold on. Okay. I found it, and then I remembered I realized it's not good enough for the show, and it's just something I'd ask you in casual conversation, but I'll ask you it now. Let's say you direct a movie. Just pie in the sky, alternate universe, Chris... Chris becomes a, a director. You direct a movie. You direct your first picture. You're sitting there in the theater. Movie ends. Black title card comes up that says directed by. I go, whoa. <laughs> it says directed by. You go, oh, I'm 11 rows back going, oh, <laughs> it should have been me. Yeah. And uh, it says directed by. Do you want it to say Chris Crumley? No. Christopher Crumley? No. Or Christopher Michael Crumley? No. What do you want it to say? Uh, I've always wanted to go the P.T. Anderson route, C.M. Kremlin. That's not bad. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it, and I was like, yeah, Nick Johnson is just kind of boring. Yeah. So I think I would go the, I don't know, uh, Nicholas uh, Weston Rinding. Or which, yeah. I, don't, I never remember which one's first, but yeah, I think I think Nicholas Alexander Johnson would look better. Yeah. But also, I think if I was writing something, said, written by, I think Nick Johnson would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You would still go see him, Crumley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For both, yeah. What about your obituary? All right, Chris M. Crumley. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. I want mine to say... Christopher vague. M. Crumley. I want mine to say vagrant. He just says Vagrant they. found dead. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Nope. Yeah. Um, this is a movie you're going to have to walk me through a little bit. Okay. Uh, because you made me watch it in a terrible, 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 terrible state. Mm-hmm. Not made me. It was good. It was yeah. good distraction. I specifically remember asking you and yeah. going, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But I did like it. It's just very disjointed in my noggin. Okay. All right. Let's see. Nope. 2022. R.I.P. Rest in peace, 2022. The year of our Lord, 2022, yeah. Did you know that chimpanzees you see in movies and on television are all child actors? I don't mean uh, human children stuffed into monkey suits. I mean that chimpanzees in showbiz are all under eight years old. You know why? Because in uh, order to get a chimpanzee to act, you have to manhandle it. So when a chimpanzee gets too big and strong and realizes it can defend itself, they either have their teeth knocked out or they get sold off, usually to zoos or research facilities. Sometimes they are sent to sanctuaries, but it's for uh, it's uh, it's 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 tough for them there uh, because after being raised around humans, they don't know how to interact with other chimpanzees. Uh, so hear me out. Maybe we could uh, try stuffing uh, kids into monkey costumes. Uh, you know, stuffing some human kids into these monkey costumes. That's yeah, that's an eight and a half out of ten. Um, yeah, I was reading about this could be totally bullshit because it was on Reddit, uh, but it was like uh, this thing where they were talking about this experiment that they had tried where they were like, what happens if we raise kid next to monkey? Ooh. Does monkey catch up the kid? And uh, they had to shut it down because no kid returns to <laughs> monkey. <laughs> yeah, of course it does. That's so good. Oh, God. Yeah, because Chris, are you telling me if you had the option to return to monkey, you wouldn't do it? I do it in a heartbeat. If someone was like, hey, dude, you can, you, I know, you, listen, ahead of you taxes jobs yeah 
Um, yeah. Uh, what's your What's your history of uh, with Nope? Because I mean, you got mine a second ago. I, I did. My yeah. history with Nope is I saw Get Out when it came out by Jordan Peele, who directed this film. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Us came out. I went, I'm going to get around to that someday. And I never did. And then Nope came out, and I went, ooh, I'm going to get around to that, probably in the theaters. And I didn't. And I kept going, I'm going to get around to that one day, all, along with us. Um, and I didn't. And then, like I said, been sick as a dog. I've been sick as a dog, so. While I had COVID, I watched Nope. I really, really enjoyed you it. You still haven't seen us, though? Haven't seen us, though. Oh, okay. I'm going to get around to it one of these days, though, I promise. Um, and I watched Nope. And I liked it so much, I watched it two times in a row. Yeah. Because I rented it, and I was like, this is my last chance. Yeah. And I watched it twice, and I just kept thinking about it. And then a couple of days after I was free and clear to leave my quarantine for having COVID, yeah. I went and bought Nope. I watched it again. What, I was like, what, what, what captured you so much about it? I don't know. There's just something about... It's just one of those movies where there's nothing inherently cool about it that I can point at, you yeah. know? There's not a there's not someone who I'm like this person in this movie is just cool or like yeah. this person's really interesting or this is they really this or this is really this but the combination of everything in this movie mm-hmm. like just the mundane nature of having I guess a horse farm yeah and on top of that oh they do it for movies oh that's cool oh they're also related to the horse jockey from the first uh, thing caught on film that's cool oh also there's an alien that's cool also it's not really an alien. Or it's not really a UFO, it's an alien. Oh, that's cool. It's just all these like little things on top of each other just come together to go, oh, just all in all what I think of Nope as yeah. a whole. I'm like, this movie's just good. And there's yeah. so much about it that I liked. I was confused by some of it the first time. Every time a movie confuses me a little bit, I'm like, I think I like that movie. Yeah. And then I watched it a second time. I'm like, oh, I think I like a little bit. I know a little bit more about it. Or I think I get the chimpanzee thing a little bit. Yeah. Or I get this, I get this. I was telling you earlier. Don't get why the alien looks like a cowboy hat. Not sure I ever will. Yeah. Um, but well, what you're talking about with all the cool stuff like compounding, it reminds me of I. I'm, this is something I half remember, but it's it's the whole thing with uh, I think it's a uh, Vertigo. Um, no, not Vertigo. North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was like every like ten minutes or ten pages or whatever. Um, they basically set out to like intentionally just do the opposite of where they were intending to go. That's cool. Like the exact opposite kind of a thing, you know. Um, so yeah, much like your your you know your example of how like you know there's just all these little things that like oh well what if this oh well what if this oh well what if this right yeah that reminds me of like um and I've never been in a writer's room I've never written a TV show or a movie or anything like that but it sounded strange to me like it's not how you would normally go about it but I was listening to a thing with the, like the writers room from Breaking Bad and Vince Gilligan was talking about how like. You, I can never remember. You saw Breaking Bad, yeah? Remember the scene where him and Jesse are in the junkyard and they're in the RV and Hank is outside? Mm-hmm. They were talking about how long they were stuck there because they would just write themselves into situations like that and instead of being like, ah, let's go back and like change it because I have an idea so it can go this way, they would just get themselves stuck in that situation like that. Yeah. And be like, how do we get these two out of here? And like, we'll right. stay there on weeks and stuff like that. So like part of the fun of that show and watching... Uh, Walter White like work his way out of uh, situations is so fun I think because it's like oh man this not being able to say it because you know you don't know when you're watching it's like oh man this guy has the brain of a writer's room that's been trying (laughs) to figure this out for a week Um, yeah yeah Yeah, that's a fun fact Um, yeah it also reminds me I've been reading uh, this book called Patterns Rod Serling. Yeah, Rod Serling. It's a collection of teleplays and also some of his musings on um, on uh, writing. It was a gift. It was a very thoughtful gift. Um, And in the musings section, there's a um, you know a lot of description of him talking about like television being like a you know like kind of an infantile like you know Mm -hmm. little baby medium, right? And uh, one of the things he brings up, which is you know again something I'm aware of, but like it was just interesting to hear someone like just plain speak say i guess um but he was just talking about how um you know no other medium storytelling medium has to account for the fact that you're going to be stopped dead in your tracks at least twice every half hour yeah so you have to think about where your story is going to end there right and so then he was just continuing that to talk about how um they ended up having to deal in sentiment because okay. that's the only really like the only kind of thing they could really have to grab an audience, and that's you know, yeah, right, that kind of a thing. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is a tough thing to. 
I've never really like I, I you always think about the like yeah well how do you keep them coming back next week or how do you if it's yeah. on cable television how do you make sure they didn't have to be here last week and they yeah. don't really have to be here next week I never, I've never thought about like how do we get them yeah. past that two and a half minutes yeah. of commercials yeah yeah and there was another bit where he was laying out just that idea that like it's so weird that like there you know there's, there's no other medium also where like anybody was like really willing to do that to like sit through a commercial to get to the other stuff or whatever and just talking about the tension between like executives who see the commercial as the medicine and the you know the tv is just sugar to get it down kind of a thing yeah whereas everybody is in you know actually like kind of consuming it in the opposite sense they yeah, really, yeah. really really want that you know TV yeah absolutely yeah. they could give a shit about the commercial part so anyways very interesting very insightful not nope though <laughs> so nope starts monkey on a tv show eats a bunch of people yeah and we revisit this often do we yeah, they're always cutting back. Oh, I thought you meant me and you revisit this often. No, like it's something no. we talk about quite often. Um, I mean, as a film uh, yes, experience. It, it comes back quite a bit. Um, yeah, that collective, we we, we keep coming back here. Uh, and I loved it. I. Well, what, what, what do you think the whole point of coming back to it so often is? The spectacle whole thing. That is something they keep referring to as the, yeah. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye and make you a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think. Is that a reference to something biblical? Is that one of those things that... Um, no, it's not. But anyways, go ahead. Well, there's a quote at the beginning. I can't yeah, remember what it is. Bible, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah. it's something about how like I'll I'm gonna put some dirt in your eye and make a spectacle. Oh, out of okay. Or yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not. If I'm being honest, I'm not sure about what the the overall put it in a sentence message or point of this movie is. But one of the things I picked up on more and more and like sat with me better the more I've seen it is the. Uh, Gordy, the chin yeah. stuff. Because um, yeah, when I watched it the first time, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna put this on." And it was one of those things where I started it, and the monkey stuff. It like the title started happening, and like there's the Monkey Paw Productions logo, which is yeah. Jordan Peele's production company. Right. And I went, "Oh, right, this is gonna be a scary one." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I wasn't ready for a scary one." Okay, and then it starts with the monkey stuff, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be a bummer, scary one, isn't it?" <laughs> um, but I th- think. Um, Point of the Monkey stuff is specifically with Stephen Young's character, uh, Jupe, I think his name is. He, current day, with his attraction, what would you call that place? Yeah, he's got some sort of side, side show attraction. Yeah, like a little uh, theme, like a western theme park. Yeah. Um, one of his big shows is he brings people out to like the middle of the desert, which is attached to the theme park, and he goes, hey, alien out here. I'm going to show you guys this alien, eat up a horse, which is why he's buying all the horses from, um, what is our main character's name? Uh, OJ. OJ. Yeah. Uh, he's buying all the horses from OJ. It's something I, I realized when me and you watched it, when he is selling him to Jupe, and he's just like, I'm going to buy him back. Don't worry. When he talks to Jupe, he's like, I'd like to set up a, we've talked about it before, but I'd like to like get in writing, set up the process for me buying these horses back. Jupe, uh, Stephen Young's a little like thrown back or like, knocked off his balance he's like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we get that i'm like oh right because he's sending him up into the alien he doesn't have any of the horses anymore um and he has this like mentality of this thing i can control this thing this thing i have you know people say it's hard like just like the monkey it's hard to control that thing but after that monkey ate everybody give me a fist bump yeah (laughs) maybe i have something different maybe there's something that i can do just inherently where i can control this thing i can make this wild beast a spectacle okay um and he can't he gets eaten yeah um and i also classic like, king kong classic king kong i also really like as they learn later in the movie you can't look at the alien or else it'll eat you up just like yeah. the horse don't make just eye like con- medusa just like medusa don't make eye contact it eye contact with it when the monkey comes over and gives him a fist bump and he's hiding under that table the curtain not the curtain the what do you put on top of a table some kind oh like a, it's like a, a tablecloth yeah, there there you go. Go. yeah the tablecloth is covering the monkey's eyes yeah which means he can't look at him in the eyes so that's why he's not attacking him it's great i love it say something <laughs> all right uh, i'm kidding i can do you want me to, do you want me to do the plot on this one no it's all right i can though because you missed some of it or you think it'd be better if you no, that's all right. tried your best to do the plot and i fill yeah. you in okay yeah chris um, give me the plot the best you can yeah up next uh i believe we cut right to oj with his dad right 
and Keith David. Do you think this is the shortest amount of time an actor's been on screen and gotten the and credit in the opening titles? Yeah. yeah. Um, they're just hanging out, right? And they're they're just kind of having a dad and son moment. Just business talk. When suddenly nickels fall from the sky. Just a bunch of metal shit, yeah. Yeah, a bunch of metal stuff. Uh-huh. It's some kind of quarter type object. Ends I up it's a nickel. Debits, yeah, in his head. I always remember a nickel. You know why? Yeah, why? It's most of my name. <laughs> um, they go to hospital. Obviously, Papa don't make it. And uh, OJ, yeah, just rip your rip your heart out. It looks very sad. Still mm-hmm. covered in his dad's blood. Keith David's got that chick. He's home. Yeah, everybody's on set still. Then I think it flashes forward like six months a year or something, and he's on set. Yep, with the horse. And uh, he's not a very communicative guy. He's a very quiet and walled off and shy gentleman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the the crew there do not care for him as much as they liked Keith David. Yeah, this scene's great. I love the. Just everybody on set being their own type of unbearable yeah. and creating this situation of unbearable. Yeah. And um, eventually he's rescued from this uncomfortable social situation by his uh, sister, M. Kiki Palmer. Yeah. and uh, True Jackson VP herself. Wow. Do you remember True Jackson VP? Nope. It was a show on Nickelodeon starring Kiki Palmer. <laughs> All right. It was one of those shows on Nickelodeon where I was like, I wasn't watching it for some reason. And I remember thinking... Well, usually if a show's on Nickelodeon and I'm not watching it, it's not going to last. I think George Jackson VP did not last that long. Interesting. Well, she drops her Lincoln bio during her little... Just uh, like Stephen Young with the monkey, I think I can control Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she gives them the rundown about the horse and how to treat the horse and then also says, hey, Lincoln bio. Um, horse freak out, though. Yes, because everyone's too close to it. Uh, they put the reflective thing in front of it. it like looks through a reflection into someone's eyes or something. Yeah. Does a kick. Yeah. Kicks something out of someone's hands or something. They lose the gig. Right? And I believe that's about when OJ and M go to uh, Stephen Young, right? Cause, yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, M wants to come up there with him, and he's like, yeah, not after you did the whole Lincoln bio thing. And she's like, oh, my God. The horse thing is a side thing. That's not Lincoln bio. That's me plugging my main thing. Anyways, they go upstairs. And, uh, yeah, you're right about the, all the horse talk and the let's set up an infrastructure for one day and mm-hmm, he buying mm-hmm. these back to you. But the other thing that happens is he's like, hey, you want to check this out? Usually I charge people for this. And then... Yeah, they, show like, a, they show the Mad TV cover with Gordy on the front of it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, that's in really poor taste. And then he opens up a room of poor taste. <laughs> yeah, he's like, check it out. It's the bloody slipper of the girl that the, he got her face eaten by the monkey or whatever. I love that. I don't know why. Yeah. Just the shoe standing up by itself it's so weird and just so out of place and there's no real reason for it it's just something that your mind just you just see it and you go oh that just stands out and for some reason like yeah if you were him underneath that table you're just like no that stands out and i like that it's a little case standing up still it's just strange i just like it because it's strange and then you get uh some pretty uh rock solid like uh you know like him going on about an snl bit and it's just not landing you know i like like his retelling i think it's good Especially, like, her ending it with, like, yeah, I'll have to check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Like, it's not played for a hammy laugh. It's just legitimately, like, that happens sometimes. That, like, someone is, like, yeah, there's this SNL skit, and it's legendary. And, like, you just haven't seen it, and they're not giving you the joke part. They're just telling you about it, you know? Yeah, I love it. It's and great. So you're just it's, like, yeah, I'll have to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> like, it's twofold. It's him, like, because you see him, it's like, well, the SNL skit said it better than I could ever tell it. They basically yeah. told you exactly how it happened. He's telling this, exactly, like you said, that's a great joke by itself. And then when yeah. it, while he's talking about it, it just hard cuts to him as a kid underneath the table. Yeah. And then cuts back because he's lying. It was way more traumatic than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. And uh, I think it's much later into the film, but I remember there was the point where the monkey, like, puts out his hand to fist bump him, and I was like, fist bump. <laughs> and then I forgot that they fucking do fist bumps. Yeah. As friends, so when he fist bumped him, I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But anyways, um, after this, I believe they return home, and M is in the mood to smoke and drink, I believe. Should I got that hoppy weed? That's all you had to say. Love yeah. it. It's great. Yeah. Um, but Rut Row, there's some noise outside, I believe. And the horse named... Ghost. Ghost. Because he's all white. He's out in the arena, which is I think is like out of a barn. Is that where you keep a horse? But still in like the little gated area. So he goes to check on him. Um, I thought this was cool. And also not at the same time. When he goes out there, I remember seeing it the first time. And being like, like something about him looks weird. Like unnatural like cgi-ish and i couldn't figure it out like they had like touched it up somehow I'm like nah, i don't know what it is and then i saw someone else um 
I can't remember who it was. I was watching someone else online talk about it. And they're like, yeah, those scenes are day for night. Yeah. Like, they look really, like, the best day for night you've ever seen, but it's still day for night. You can still tell he's standing in the middle of the sun. Yeah. And I was listening to Jordan Peele on a podcast talk about it. And, like, it's some new technology that they came up with for this movie. Um, The cinematographer for this film, uh, I can't remember his name, but they filmed the scenes with a normal camera in the middle of the day with an IR sensor camera so like picked up on all the whatever information it needed so it could believably make it look like it's night because just out in the middle of the field like that there's no way you can light that for a camera yeah. and make it look like that so yeah i think it's gotta be pitch ass dark it's pretty cool i mean yeah. that, that would with that in mind i'm like okay i'm gonna allow the yeah i'm gonna allow the day for night it looks it looks as good as it can possibly look is this technically a western i would i would say if, if it feels like a western if me. it's in the desert and someone's on a horse i'm gonna call it a western yeah yeah sci-fi western no? sure just like so, cowboys versus aliens I, yeah that's where i was going i was gonna say better cowboys and aliens oh sorry do you want do you want to say your joke and i'll pr- pretend like so better cowboys and aliens yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. it doesn't have james bond in it <laughs> um with indiana jones is that is harrison ford, ford in that movie yeah. Yeah, yeah is he the alien mm-hmm that's what happens at the end of after Indiana Jones four. He becomes an alien and comes yeah. back and fights. Shia comes Bond. out of his mouth, much smaller. Yeah, a smaller Indiana Jones, i.e., Shia LaBeouf comes out of his mouth. Um, and then so I think M starts playing music real loud inside. Yes, and it spooks Ghost and he runs off. Yes, and I know that OJ's like watching and he sees like Ghost disappear, but he feels like he saw something. Yes, you know. I do like that quick that quick little just the the alien flying behind the cloud real quick just like unnaturally fast and yeah. slow it's fast and quiet it's great yeah the first time i saw this i remember he like walks over to that cliff and he sees all those lights and like hears that noise i remember thinking like is that what is that is that aliens is that aliens making sound yeah and it wasn't until um i just we watched it the other day which is like i don't know the fourth or fifth time i've seen it i guess i just kind of was doing other stuff when that was happening the i'm like rewatches right i was like oh no that's uh steven young He's doing the show for other people, and he called the alien over. That's why it's over there. He's feeding it another horse. Hmm. It's great. He goes home and says, M, you're not going to believe this. Oh, real quick. A joke I really like is when he, she starts playing the music, and it's too loud. It turns right and starts yelling up to the house for her to stop, and it cuts back to the house. And you can see her. She's just dancing inside, and she can't hear him. And the horse runs away. And he, he looks after the horse and goes, oh, shit. And then you can hear her from the window go, where's he going? It's great. Love it. <laughs> Anyways, I believe he goes inside and he basically says, Em, you're not going to believe what I'm saying to you, but I definitely just saw an alien, a UFO for sure. And it's my favorite thing in this movie is every time someone goes, we saw an alien, the person they're telling us, all right, great, you saw an alien, I believe you, let's look at this alien. Yeah. I don't know what they do then. They have a conversation about it, and I think it might be they just talk about trying to get it on film. For cash money and whatnot. Get the Oprah shot. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like, this is okay. our opportunity, we got to take it, and then they go yeah. to Fry's Electronics. Right. Which I think, fun fact, shut down like six months before they started shooting Nope. Wow. Fry's Electronics doesn't work anymore. Bonkers. And they meet Angel. Yes, they do. He's a dick. And I'm like, God, I'm glad this guy's going to be gone after this scene because yeah. I don't like this character and I don't like this actor. And then he's in the whole movie. Yeah, I too. like him quite a bit. Yeah, I do. And I feel yeah. so bad for this actor that A, I don't know his name. Yeah. B, I haven't bothered to look it up. And C, he's not on any of the posters. There's yeah. so many posters for this movie. Angel should be on one of these posters. It's great. I, yeah. g- I guess he doesn't have the star power of the of the three other main character of this uh, main characters of this movie. But yeah. Put Angel on a poster. But yeah. Basically, they buy very expensive um, cameras to monitor their uh, their ranch. It seems like very expensive cameras. Yeah. Angel's like, yeah. you guys get robbed, and they're like, yep, that's exactly what happened. Want me to help you come set it up? Nope, don't need it at all. I think Angel doesn't even need them to say UFO before he's like, you guys are looking for UFOs, aren't you? Yeah, he says it to them while the <laughs> yeah. you know, they don't call them UFOs anymore. U-O-I-A-S. I didn't even say letters there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically after they purchase them, he shows up at the uh, the uh, the, uh, the ranch for the install. Um, he's down bad in a bad way. Sure and, is. Yeah, sure is. Uh, for your relationship and he says I know this might sound corny but I thought she was the one all I'm going to say is too real let's keep going um, it immediately makes him endearing and I like him yep it immediately like won me over like it's <laughs> like, like I'm right there with you buddy <laughs> like as a complete stranger to come in and do that it's just like oh, that's so annoying but also yeah. it's pretty funny and yeah. you feel for him so yeah. I like Angel immediately I do like Angel immediately and I like that he's leaving he's like I can if you want 
I can monitor your stuff for you for free if you want. And they go, yeah. no, 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 thank you. Because it's like, I like him. He's just like, I would like to help you find UFOs and I yeah. don't want any money out of it. And they're like, no, we don't want you to have yeah. free control over our footage that you can go ahead and sell. Yeah. He's like, okay, whatever. And I like when he gets in the car. He goes, oh, by the way, my supervisor is going to be calling you, asking you about my service today. And they go, five stars, Angel. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. My man just needs something to do. He needs to keep his mind busy. And then I think immediately it cuts to them at night trying to find an alien or alien. Or yeah, I think it's a pretty tense. There's like the praying mantis on the yeah, camera yeah. And so they don't end up getting anything. But I think the next day Angel shows up and he's like, hey, check it out. There's this one cloud that does not move, you know. And then I think they have the epiphany moment of like, you know, something to do with like drawing it out or hiding or it's not a UFO. It's a creature. Right. Yeah, I, I like yeah. that scene quite a bit. I like when OJ goes outside and goes, shit, I must have been looking at that. I think I've been looking at that cloud for about six months and I haven't noticed it, which yeah. is fun because six months ago, dad died. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's when Angel brings up like, yeah, this isn't, this doesn't act like a ship. Yeah. It acts like a maybe giant what hat. Yeah. What if it's not? What if it's a giant hat? Um, I think we skipped before Angel leaves. Uh, M leaves to go get that statue of a horse. Yeah. She steals it from Stephen Young, and then Stephen Young comes by. Uh, love this interaction so much that they're just yelling at each other. Yeah. And I love while he's saying, he's like, yeah, we got one just like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, awesome. And I love while he's trying to get out, where'd you get? She goes, where'd you get yours? It's yeah. great. I love it. Um, and then he leaves, and then that night, yeah, they leave it out for the UFO. UFO comes and picks it up, and so for their a good long while after this in the movie it just has the like ribbon that's hanging off the horse coming out yeah. of it so you can always see it like um and yeah it comes that night it's like it's in the cloud it's swirling stuff up it's making a tornado um i didn't need to go back and say this part but i am and then back to where you were okay and i was they just found out it's a creature yeah, they think it's a creature. So what happens next? I think um, M is in her bed. She's watching some like conspiracy video, conspiracy theory video. And it comes back? Some conspiracy theory video on her phone, and the lights turn on in the barn, and OJ goes to check it out. Ah, uh, and there's kids back there. Yes. This part really, really got me when yeah. I was watching it the first time. I was like, oh, right, it's a scary movie. And, like, yeah. when that the first one, like, peeks his head out, I'm like, that's pretty spooky, and they all keep coming. But when it's when it gets to the part where he's standing there with his phone filming yeah. it, waiting for it to come around the corner, yeah. every time I see it, I'm like, this is unbelievably long. This yeah. happens for minutes, I it feel really like. It really does. Yeah. It really does. That was a moment where I was, I yeah, in that moment, it was about to become a very different movie, I felt like. Yeah, yeah. In a very intense way. And then it just didn't do that. But I liked it. It's it was well... Oh, yeah, it was, it sure. was a bait and switch, but it was for sure. really scary, so I, I'm going to allow it. Just like, yeah. the, just like the day for night. It's not something I normally like, but he did it pretty well, so I'm going to allow it. Um, also, why does OJ have a flip phone? Uh, he's, you know, he probably doesn't even really, like, get service out there. You yeah, he's know? a country boy, I get yeah. it. But also, like, the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, uh, I get, uh, maybe this movie's set in, like, the early 2000s or something like that. Yeah. And then M has a vape, and then a guy in an electric motor sh motorcycle shows up. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I guess he's just he's just a country boy. Just a good old boy. Just good old boy. Uh, and then M comes out, and he's like, ah, it was just those kids pranking us. She's like, oh, you're going to fuck with Hey, what's? Let's go get him. And he's like, you stole their horse. And she's like, ah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and then next day, you got any idea what happens next? Because I do not. Um, after the aliens thing, is it the scene where she calls the cinematographer? It could be because they could be having the conversation about how their cameras kind of suck because the alien knocks out all the power when it comes by and they get bugs on them all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, that could be the next scene, I think. Okay. So they call the cinematographer from the commercial. They do. Gruff man. Very gruff, gruff man. voice. And where do we know him from, Chris? Oh, we know him from a very specific place. He's the uh, antagonist in uh, the movie The Crow. The Raven. Yeah, set so in Detroit. Devil's Night, baby. R.I.P. Brandon Lee. R.I.P. Brandon Lee. Um, but yeah, the whole time I was listening to him. R.I.P. Like, the careers of the guys who played The Crow after Brandon Lee. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole time I was, I was, uh, I was, I was watching. I was like, God, what a distinctive voice! And where do I know this? And I was like, Oh my God, the crow! Also, we skipped over it. We're gonna come back. It's gonna become relevant soon. But she tells him that story about Jean Jacket, the horse, her yeah. horse. She was gonna train it 
and then it got bought for Scorpion King, so Dad had OJ train it. Yeah. And OJ's like, that was my first horse I ever trained, and it sucked. It was a bad time. You wouldn't have had fun. And then later, they call the alien jean jacket. What do yeah. you think that is? What do I think that is? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's kids a little deeper than I'm about to, but it's just a sentimental, like, hey. Yeah. The jean jacket, baby. Don't call your sister baby, but you know what I mean. Toots. Nah, not that either. Not that either. Sweetheart? No. No, no, no. Sis. That's all okay. you got. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the boundary. The boundary is... Oh, you know what it is? Around the word sis. You know what it is? Huh? They're going to cha- train jean jacket together this time. Whoa. 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 I just Whoa. figured it out. Blue's case wide open. Yeah. All um, we need there is the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the handshake. Yeah. Um, they call the guy and he says no, kind of. Yeah. He says like, no, kind of. Yeah, basically no. Yeah. He says, I've got cigarettes to eat and footage of snakes eating foxes to edit. So fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then what happens, I think, next is you get... Uh, Steven Young, you see him doing the show for a bunch of people. Which, spoilers, does not go well. Does not go well, no. It gets them um, all sucked up. Gets them all sucked up. Into the hat. Horrifying. Horrifying inside, too. He's seeing everybody inside, horrifying. Just getting mushed up and... Ugh. And, like, every time the like alien comes over them in this movie, the power goes out, but also you hear that just, like, like sound that it makes, and it's like, oh, it's just such yeah. a weird alien sound. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no, it is all the people still alive inside of it yeah and then yeah it eats all of them uh, except for funny enough uh lucky the horse makes it uh oj shows up because he goes there to buy back gene uh buy back uh lucky yeah and he gets there everybody's gone it comes back he falls over bumps his noggin gets knocked out wakes up middle of the night while that's happening um, M and Angel are back at the house doing something. Don't remember what, but Alien shows up there. I think basically what's happened is the house is just getting assaulted. Yeah, right? but why were they hanging out before? They don't like each other. <laughs> Either way. Um, oh, no, he comes by to check the cameras or something like that. Yeah. Um, and the house gets assaulted. It starts just shitting blood and quarters and metal objects all over the place. Yeah. Good thing nobody's outside. Great. And you need a shower. He, I, this might be my favorite part of the movie because I really, really, really bothered me watching it that I love when Jean Jacket comes over the house the first time when Kiki Palmer's listening to music and the power goes out, the music goes, yeah, like it slows down. It's like, okay, she's listening to a record player. That makes sense. It's going to slow down. Whenever anyone's on the phone or has a walkie-talkie and they're talking and the power goes out, they're like, you have to get in. I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah. It would just cut off. That's not how that works. But when Angel is driving away and he's listening to uh, Sunglasses at Night and it starts to slow down and then stop, I was like, there's no way he's listening to a record player in his car. There's no way it would work like that. Yeah. And then this scene happens, and they're all trying to get to that car, and, like, the car doors are open, and, like, the power's, like, half on in the truck, I guess. And so the score for this very tense, scary scene is sunglasses at night played at half speed, and it works so well. Yeah. I'm like, I forgive it now. You're allowed to do this. Sure. It's an alien. Sure. Maybe that's what it does technology. <laughs> I don't understand. It's great. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And they... I think this is where OJ figures out or puts it together that you can't look at it. It's right. a wild animal. You can't look at it. If you're not looking at it, it's not going to suck you up. Right. Um, well, the attraction farm run by Stephen Yun, um, news is reporting on it because news has happened there. Mm-hmm. What news, you ask? Everybody getting sucked up into a hat. But the news doesn't fully know that. They just know everybody's missing. Yeah. Right? So uh, Mr. Cigarette Eater mm-hmm. finds out about that. And he... He goes, shit, Kiki Palmer's telling the truth. Yeah. And guess what? I also invented a film camera that doesn't take any electricity, so... Love it. Favorite line of this movie. I can movie. just crank that, mom. That, that soldier boy. Yeah. It's my favorite line of this movie. Did I tell you this motherfucker was going to come here with some non-electrical shit? It's yeah. great. Um, so basically, now this is like the final Home Alone third act. Yes. We're setting yep. everything up, and we're just going to run it out. They got a whole thing with, like, Mr. Uh, Cigarette Eater and Angel man and the cameras up in like a little canopy type whatever the hell mm-hmm. and uh m is like back monitoring the yeah. cameras or whatever and oj is gonna go out there with the damn horse to like lure him or whatever 
Yeah, I love that they steal all the... Wacky wave inflatable arm floating tube bands. Yes, and then I love to power them. They steal all the batteries out of the cars for the people at, at Stephen Young's <laughs> place. Yeah, yeah, because they're all dead. And so basically, here he he does that thing where he pulls up his hood and has eyeballs on the back of it because mm-hmm, they're trying to get the perfect shot. He's gonna do a run. Oh, okay. Because mm-hmm. okay. they want the. I thought that was something that he had done rogue style. Nope. Like he was like, nah, I'm breaking. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's the plan. So I'm going they, ghost protocol. Yeah, exactly. So they know where the alien's coming so the cinematographer can get the shot so it's not. Right. I love it because the whole plan is just like, like, we don't want grainy security camera footage. Yeah. World's best cigarette eating cinematographer is going to come here right. and get that beautiful shot. And I, uh, I don't like what ends up happening to him, but I like him kind of mentioning here and there, like, it would have been better if we did this in like an hour. When it was the golden hour, you know, yeah. we had like good light, but I guess we're going to do it now. Yeah. TMZ gentleman shows up on an electric bike. Mm-hmm. He's being a prick, obviously. Par for the course. Gets hurt bad. OJ wants to save him. It's not in the cards, though. Um, and then Cigarette Eater also does a weird thing. He starts talking esoteric or whatever. I don't know what the fuck he says, but he's basically saying like, time to get the shot of a lifetime. And he like willingly almost gets sucked up basically to like... Get a yeah. Get a nice shot. I think the, it's uh, alien. Uh, yeah, I don't fully understand it, but it has to. It has to relate to the spectacle, dirt in your eye, part of this movie. Because you, know, every time we see him and he's working at his house, he's watching documentaries of like animals killing each other and stuff like that. Yeah. And I guess just the sentiment of a documentarian getting too close to animals in nature and stuff like that, and getting kind of greedy in order to get the good shot and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's the lesson of this movie. Just keep animals out of movies. Yeah. Just leave animals alone, maybe. Yeah. Um, but ultimately... He gets us sucked up. I think... It, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we could go beat for beat for the rest of it. There's, yeah, some action stuff happens. Lots. They pretty much end up with nothing. They get the shot. It's really good. But then um, Jean Jacket just goes sicko mode and just starts sucking up everyone and everything and like even like getting houses and stuff like that yeah. he sucks up the cameras and destroys all their footage right um angel is getting sucked up and then thrown back down and sucked up and thrown back down so he's busy doing that yeah the alien turns from the hat into like the big sheet bunch of sheets coming out yeah it's got the little square thing that comes out that keeps like flipping and i like that too because the opening credits are that thing and it's just slowly zooming in on that with like everyone's names in the little black spot in the Mm -hmm. middle and then on the inside is that footage of the guy and the horse i like that because i remember watching the opening credits and be like i don't know what this is this is like the top of like a barn or something like that i don't know i don't know what it is but i like it it looks nice and it sticks in my brain and i'll probably never think about it again and then when the alien opens up and that thing comes out i went oh yeah, basically they escape with their lives and none of the fame or fortune. Or perhaps do they? Because you don't know. She gets the little picture. They yeah they like uh, they are like a standstill and OJ's like he does the die to to her thing that he did with Jean Jacket and he runs away so the alien chases her and she runs away on the electric bike that TMZ had. She does the Akira slide into uh, Stephen Young's theme park. She lets the balloon go, so the big Stephen Young-themed balloon, so that uh, Jean Jacket will go after that because it has eyes. And then she remembers, oh, that well I looked into earlier in the movie that was taking pictures, I can take a picture of the alien with this. And so she picks up off all the change on the ground that came from all the people getting sucked up and the alien spitting it all out. She starts just putting the money in there and just trying to take pictures, trying to take pictures, until at the last second it eats the balloon. She takes a picture, she gets it, and then it blows up because the balloon pops inside of it, and it's done. And then all the news crews and stuff come. Or were the news crews... No, the news crews had to the have been there. The news crews were inside of us all along. Okay. But do you think they were already there, or they just like all happened to show up at the same time? I'm guessing they were all already there, but they couldn't use any of their stuff because it's all electric. Well, but the big crank camera isn't, so that's how she got it. Yeah. Um, and she's like, yeah, I got it. I killed the alien. And everyone came. She's like, cool, I got my Oprah shot. And none of these fucking people did it. Great. But, oh, man, I wish my brother wasn't dead. And then it cuts to a very Western shot of him under the out yonder uh, sign. And the smoke clears up. And he's just there on the horse. And then it's over. Yeah. It's great. 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 I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah? Yeah. We do letter grades on this bad boy, Chris. Okay, solid B. Solid B? Yeah. I'm going to give this a solid A. Nice. I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I think my current ranking ranking still goes get out as my favorite Jordan Peele joint. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really good. 
This is really good. I like this. Um, Have you seen know? us? Yeah. No. Oh. That's just going to be third place. Okay. Us is okay for me. I'm okay on us. But I like this a lot more. Gotcha. Um, I maybe think... I even like it more than Get Out. Uh, Get Out. I don't know. It, you know like I said, I, this is a movie I probably have to watch a couple more times. Um, but I feel like I retained a decent amount of it. I like a mm-hmm. lot of it for aesthetic value. And there are things that... Um, I enjoy about it. It's just going to take a couple more viewings for me to... Yeah, I get that. Know. What about you? You got any closing thoughts? Any statements you want to make as the curtains fall? Uh, that boy Jordan can make a good make a good movie. Yeah, you got to go see uh, Us now. I do. Yeah. I do. Also, side note, he was on Kojima's podcast. I was like, oh, this is very exciting. Kojima's like, I like Nope a lot. And that's whatever, because Kojima likes lots of movies. It's like, oh, that's cool. And then Jordan Peele's like, hey, here's a bunch of, like, deep-cut Metal Gear shit that I always, always have loved and always really think about. I'm like, oh, God, that's so cool. I, if I'm being honest, I heard that, and that was, was the main reason for me to go, I got to see Nope. <laughs> God, this guy's cooler than I thought it was. I got to see Nope. Well, we watched one other movie this week, though. We did. We watched Annie Hall. We did watch Annie Hall. What year did it come out? 1977. Wow. Who directed it? Uh, Harold Ramis? No, Woody Allen. Wow. Hold on. Who edited Hold, it? I think I think Harold Ramis is also a Jewish man, so I don't want that to be mistaken as the joke I was making. I was directed by Woody Allen, Chris. All right. And I have a little letter right here. You do. With my name on it. Not eating soup alone. It's for me specifically. Mm-hmm. This was written to me. A review of Woody Allen's 1977 film Annie Hall by Nicholas Johnson. Hey, you sent one in for once. Not Nicholas Alexander Johnson. Nicholas Johnson. So if I'm right, if I'm directing a movie, it's Nicholas Alexander Johnson. If I'm writing a screenplay, it's Nick Johnson. If I'm writing a review, it's Nicholas Johnson. All right, Annie Hall, 1977. I started watching Seinfeld um, these past few weeks. Uh, I've been putting that off for years, but a friend convinced me to give it a shot, and i got to say, I really enjoy it. Uh, my only complaint, however, is I feel it's a touch 90s, and I don't really despise Jerry as much as one human could possibly despise another. Um, after expressing this to my roommate-slash-best friend-slash-creative partner, Chris, he suggested I watch Annie Hall. I'm not really sure out of 10. Chris, what's your history with Annie Hall? Um, I think it was a movie... That I I may have only seen. I, it's definitely a movie that I. Sorry. I bought it at Second Charles. It may have been with my most recent partner mm-hmm. that, that happened. Um, or a little bit before that. What's my history? Let's just take it from the top. <laughs> um, just, I've seen it a couple times throughout my twenties. There's a place pretty close to us called Second and Charles, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of like. The second and, like, almost, like, it seems like a plan, like, second hand. Yeah. Because everything in there, well, a lot of things in there is second hand, but it's just yeah, any, yeah. any kind of media. Never thought about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's any kind of media. Just a bunch of movies there, a bunch it's of a books. A bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I love taking people there. I love going there. And it's, it's yeah, I mean, a lot of the movies we watch on DVD, I mean, I got those DVDs of Second and Charles, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're always like, hey, do you want do you want a cardboard box full of a thousand loose DVDs yeah. for $13? And yeah. I'm like, absolutely. I, I, actually, I did that for my, yeah, for a partner. Uh, the It was 25 DVD no, 50 DVDs for 25 bucks. Not yeah. bad. Not bad not at all. Not bad at all, no. Anyways, um, and yeah, it's a movie that I have always liked and had a soft spot for. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm always surprised when I watch it again how much more I like it than I think I do. Oh, yeah. Is how I'd put it. Um, I wouldn't consider it one of my favorite movies necessarily. It would probably make a top 100 list maybe. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's influential. And uh, yeah. What about you? You got to, well, I mean, you, you just watched it, I think, for the first time. Yeah, right? no, so. I've always kind of uh, always heard about Woody Allen films, and I've always stayed away from them because, you know, obviously, obvious Woody Allen reasons. He's married his stepdaughter, um, and it's he's one of those directors, and his films are those things where people are always talking about how, like, yeah, you really, really have to separate art from artist on this one, and we've I think we've talked about this on the show before about how that's a person-to-person basis of can you separate the art from the artist that's if you can great sometimes i can't and that's just how it works i think it's just a personal basis and i don't think you're allowed to 
I mean, I think there are definitely cases where you're allowed to <laughs> allowed to not like that. Uh, yeah. if, if you're like, eh, I mean, guy's not bad, but my mine comps a cool read. I don't. I'm not cool with that. Um, yeah. But I think after watching this, it's like, oh yeah, this is so the fabric of so many things that are so big today that I understand how this is still relevant and yeah. people are still recommending it and watching it um, and stuff like that. Um, and I enjoyed it. I yeah. liked it. Fine enough. The movie's only 90 minutes. It felt like three hours, if I'm being honest. It <laughs> took so long for me to get through this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. besides that, uh, yeah, like I like bits and pieces of it here and there. I took notes while watching it. I wrote down some lines and stuff I like yeah. like that. But it didn't really didn't really like leave a, a huge impact on me. I do like that it's not a bummer, really. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about a movie like this about like a relationship start to finish and I like how it's told out of order and stuff like that. But like when it's over it's just like, Yeah, and then it was over and then we caught up and then uh, that's that. Hard credits. Yeah. Woody Allen in this movie, I think his name is uh isn't it like uh something singer. Artie Singer. It's like R V singer. Alvy? Alvy, yeah. Alvy Singer. I think it's Alvy Singer. Mm-hmm. Um Sex Pest. Yeah, that's one of my notes. Uh, yeah. Woody Allen really do be a sex pest, huh? Yeah. This man is sex obsessed. And he opens up with a little monologue about how, you know, yeah, old Groucho Marx or whatever, you know, or Marx Brothers, like, joke about how uh, I wouldn't want to belong to any club that would have me as a member yeah. or whatever, yada, yada, yada. Now, boy, does that sum, sum up this character. Yeah. I do um, love... Uh, there's... Like I said, there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, quotes I wrote down that I really like. But the first one I wrote down, I arguably love when it's him and his mom talking to the therapist, I believe, about how depressed he is because he read. And he's like, yeah, the universe is infinite. It just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding, which means one day it's going to expand to the point where it falls apart because it can't expand anymore. And his mother goes, what is that your business? (laughs) Like, that's so... It's so funny. It's such like a funny, like hard response. Like, oh, mom. Like, yeah. of course, mom would say that. But also, like, when you think about it for four seconds, it's like, that's the healthiest thing I've ever heard anyone say. Yeah, that's not your business. Who cares? That does not concern you at all. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, um, and yeah, this is about the time that I realized this. This this viewing, I realized. At least I don't remember realizing beforehand. Um, there's a joke in School of Rock. Uh, that I guess is a reference to Annie Hall, or maybe even earlier. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not older than 26, so if this is an older <laughs> joke, I don't know. I mean, technically you are, but go on. But uh, 26 and X amount of months. <laughs> but um, they they say no, whatever. Those who can't teach teach, you know, gym mm. or whatever, which is something that Jack Black says in School Love of Rock. Yeah. So, anyways, um, when we finally catch up with adult Alvy after. You know, all this stuff about him being like, I was a nervous child. I, you know, people say I exaggerate my childhood or whatever, but I slept underneath a rail, rail roller coaster or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> we, we, we meet um, Annie and Alvy seemingly towards the tail end of yeah. their romance when, like, they're starting to annoy each other, get on each other's nerves. And um, he uh, suggests perhaps she's on her period, which is something he revisits a couple of times. Big, big, my biggest thing with this movie is he is just the worst. Yeah. Just yeah. like, I think even in parts where you're not supposed to think he's the worst, he yeah. is, the, like, when they're, like, just starting to talk to each other, and she's obviously very interested in him, the way he's making her laugh and the way he's making her conversa- making conversation with her is he is just straight up insulting her to the 10th degree, to the yeah. nth degree, every chance he can get and she thinks it's so funny and i'm like yeah. this sucks i hate watching this yeah also another thing it's a problem i have with seinfeld as well he dates so many women in this movie like i guess like a normal amount like if you're like going through like ah, these are all my relationships in my adult life th- that tracks and in seinfeld it's like well it's that's the point of the show so everyone's dating a new person every episode there is no way it makes me so upset that every woman Woody Allen dates in this movie. It's just the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. It's like there's absolutely no way Woody Allen's pulling. He had to marry his own stepdaughter for Christ's sake. There's no way he's getting women. Yeah. Also, something I realized, I think I came to a realization while watching this. Uh, him and I think it's like his ex-wife. I don't think it's Andy. It's like one of the flashbacks. They're like having sex and then they stop because she hears the train and like she can't. She's like, ah, I lost it. And she's like, where are you going? He's like, to take another one of many cold showers. 
Chris, is taking a cold shower a euphemism for cranking your hog? I don't know. I always thought it was an actual cold shower. Yeah, me too. And then I was thinking about it. And like I remember in a TV show, like a running bit throughout the episode is characters have to go take cold showers. Like something will happen in the episode and they'll strike out. and It, hard, it scrubs, I think. It hard cuts to a character in a shower going, because they're cold. I'm thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, that just also just seems like a, a TV-friendly way to show somebody beaten off. Yeah. So is that, is that what I it is? I don't know. It's either that or an old wives' tale that that somehow makes you not... Yeah, I don't know which one it was. Blow. Yeah. Could it be both? Could it be that it is an old wives' tale and now people say it instead of... Maybe. Oh. I don't know. You have to do some research. But basically what happens is they're two minutes late for the picture and uh, Alvy says, nah, ain't no way I'm going in there. Cannot do that. Um, we've already missed crucial, crucial information. Um, so... They decide, he's like, why don't we go watch The Sorrow and the Pity again, the Nazi documentary. And she's mm. like, we've already seen it kind of a thing. And just like earlier, you know, like uh, you start getting kind of shorter, you know, with a partner towards the tail end. I mean, yeah, you know, I can also relate to just like, hey, let's go watch the thing we've seen. Mm-hmm. No need for new right now. I just need comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do love later in the it's movie. trap to fall into. Uh, like like hour later in the movie. Him, I can't remember if it's him or her or him and someone else go see that movie again. There's, they don't like make a big deal out of it. It's just like just a real quick flash of like, oh, they're seeing the Nazi documentary again. Yeah. yeah. And also when um, they break up towards the tail end, he mentions, he says, you know, uh, I, I saw Annie the other day with a with a guy or whatever, and they were they were going in to see the Sorrow and the Pity. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take that as a win or whatever. <laughs> anyways, anyways, they go to another uh, theater to do this, and that's when you get the whole uh, film critic in line bit. Mm. Where he's just going on and it's great, yeah, and yeah. We, you know, and his, you know, and uh, he uh, has the, uh, you know, the actual author that like the guy was like talking about our screenwriter or playwright or whatever it is. Yeah, comes. I got he's him like, right you here. Nothing of my, you know. It'd be great if life was like this. Is that yeah. what he says? Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure exactly when that happens in relation to this next thing, but the thing that stood out to me next was uh, um, when he's mid kissing, I think Allison, who is the woman he married after like being doing that like political rally, and she's like the coordinator, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're like making out, or whatever, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't." And she's like, what? What is it now? And he's like, I mean, according to the official coroner's report, JFK was shot in the back of the head. Basically, you can't. Him, the sex pest, can't have sex because he's thinking about the JFK assassination. It's very funny to me. Very, very funny. Um, Otherwise, I have very few things uh, written down, to be real with you. Yeah, so do I. Um... Um, another very famous scene is him and uh, Annie having all that fun cooking the lobster. Yes, I like that scene quite a bit. Yeah, yeah I like that cute. scene quite a bit too. It made me cry. Moving on. Um, they go through the whole thing where Annie uh, is teased for like the boy she used to date kind of a thing. Yes, I like that. Yeah. What? I was young. This was six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is something you still see in things like Scott Pilgrim and 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. They play a bit of uh, doubles tennis. Uh, it's one of my notes I wrote down. Annie's post tennis fit, yeah, off the wall, yeah, so good. One year my ex partner never went as Annie Hall, but dressed like that. Okay, badass costume. Just it's saying. great. Yeah, just love the hat, love the tie. Just yeah. such a good fit. Never seen yeah. anyone dress like that, especially in the seventies. Yeah, it's crazy. It's almost Charlie Chaplin. Almost, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love when they go to her family. When they go to her family's for dinner um weird that christopher walken is her brother um yeah. but i love he's got a great scene he does but Sometimes i love i'm driving at night <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah aren't I'll you yank the car <laughs> yeah, yeah. into the oncoming traffic yeah and then later oh aren't you gonna take him home nah, i don't want to have the brother take him <laughs> yeah so um but i love when they're talking and he's talking about his family and how they're like oil and water and they'd never mix and then it like becomes a split screen where his family is having a conversation in one scene with her family, but they're two different scenes. Like they're yeah. two different places, but they're having the same conversation. And I like that because it feels very much so like if I was thinking of that, if I was thinking of this person having a conversation with this person who would probably never meet, you know, like that yeah. in my head, they would probably be in two different rooms. If that yeah. makes any sense, you know, just, yeah. uh, just, I don't know how you or how 
I don't know how you or other people work because they say the thing about how like you either have like a monologue in your head going all the time or you just have weird amorphous thoughts or pictures right. and stuff like that or sometimes you have both I have both not to brag but when I do that yeah it's it's usually like that if I picture somebody I usually picture them in like a specific place yeah and yeah I just I like that I'd never seen that in a movie I'm like yeah. oh, that reminds me of my thoughts that's strange yeah. <laughs> but anyways they're playing doubles tennis they have some awkward small talk she gives them a ride she's not a very good driver they're back at his place or her place I mean and this was the next thing I had written down that stood out to me. Her little narcolepsy story. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the whole thing about it. She's like, he's, she goes down to the uni hall because he, he gets a free turkey every Thanksgiving or whatever. But he also has neck and narcolepsy. And so he fell asleep standing up and he fell and he, well, he was dead. Isn't that just awful? <laughs> oh, she's like, yeah, he has, yeah. Uh, what do you call it? Narcolepsy? Yeah. He just falls asleep in the middle of the sentence. A whole ham story. And then he's standing there and he falls asleep in the middle of the line and he never wakes up. He died. <laughs> so good. Um, also, just, again, like I can't express enough just how much I hate this character in this movie. They have that awkward small talk, and it's all just her very, very much so. Like, I'm really into you, yeah. and I'd like to talk to you, and I'd like to get to know you. And him just the whole time being like, oh, my God. I don't... Mm-hmm. What? What? What do you want? What? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you can give me a ride home. Why'd you ask me if I had a car if you have a car? Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, all right, bro. Out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Do we get to the part yet where he goes on a date with Shelly Duvall? Um, I can't remember exactly when that happens, but it's not that important. We can talk about it. What do you have to bring up about that? Uh, I wrote down, I, I didn't know Shelly Duvall was in two movies. <laughs> I don't think I've seen Shelly Duvall in literally anything else Popeye. besides The Shining. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've yeah. never seen Popeye, so yeah. Yeah, I just don't no, think I've been around. I know. I know now. Yeah. I know now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, uh, Sally Kubrick destroyed her mind, and so she's not in any movies anymore. But yeah, she shows up. I yeah, she's very funny. She was she's talking about like I uh, covered the Dylan concert last week when he said she feels just like a woman, and she cries just like a woman, and she tries to, like she's just doing that for like way longer, like with so much emphasis. Very funny, very funny. But I think that's the night where. He gets the call from Annie, where it's she's like, emergency. "Oh my god, it's an emergency, emergency!" And he gets over there, and it's just a spider, and you know he kills it or whatever he has to do. And then she just breaks down, and she's like, "We should give it one more go," kind of a thing, you know. And uh, they have sex, and they they lay in bed, and they, they you know they talk about. Um, and I love let's never break up again, you know. And I like it because he gets there, and he sees like, "Oh, she just went to a concert, and she just did this." Clearly. She was on a date with somebody. Mm. He's like, why wouldn't you get that guy to come kill the spider? And she's like, can you please come kill the spider? And then mm. later she's like, did you have someone at your house with you when I called you? It sounded like you had someone at your house with you. And when I called you, he's like, nah, the TV was on or whatever. And then after that is when she's like, clearly she's jealous too as well mm. as he was. And she's like, uh, we, we got to get back together. Like, yeah. I feel like her calling him wasn't her like making an excuse to see him. She literally was like, I would like Woody Allen to come kill the spider and then leave. And then yeah. he finds out she, when she calls and she finds out he had someone with her. Yeah. She was like, Oh, I'm, I'm in love with this guy. It's yeah. Like, no, you're not. You're just jealous. Yeah. So is he. And so they get back together. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes in the real world, those kinds of things worked out, a workout. But as you've mentioned before, Alvy is not a good guy. So the rest of the relationship that we see is just him back to his old bag of tricks, you know, mm-hmm. just little things like, you know, she has the opportunity to, uh, record, you know, with uh, with Paul Simon or whatever. Yeah. Not a jealousy. He's just like always like, nah. There's that other thing we got to do. Ah, we, there's that other thing we got to do. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, you know, holding her back and you know, not good. Not good. Um, not that the movie has to, but that is definitely something that that character specifically is uh, not really addressing the obvious character flaws yeah that the character has again it, it, it's almost like you know one of those things where like yeah you're talking about a movie like you know but there this is also a movie with very almost like no like, i would go so far as to say this is a movie with no character growth oh none at all no yeah lv yeah it's a very very self-absorbed and they, they say you know like uh i think annie says that to him that you know you know because she brings up like therapy uh, in relation to sex or whatever and like he's like oh great you know whatever and she's like you know your egocentric mind can't allow you to think about my therapy in any way other than how it affects you you know mm-hmm. anyways all that stuff with a bow on top of it um yes they date for a little while um uh, i think we went way past it 
Uh, I mean, it happens constantly in this movie. I like when he's upset instead of like scenes of him like at a diner with a friend uh, complaining about his woes or something like that. He's literally just walking down the street, talking to everybody, having one solid conversation with everybody that passes. Yeah. When that person walks away, he picks it up with the next person, and the next person, and yeah. then the police horse. I like that quite a bit, and it's what uh, just a night. I like um, that transitions to this no light thing. Yeah, yeah. but I, I like have a period. I'm a cartoon. When he's walking around asking uh, people about like how they make their relationships work and stuff like that, like when he goes up to the to the couple, he goes, "How do you guys make it work?" And the woman goes, "Well, I'm very shallow and empty. I have no ideas and nothing to say." And he goes, "And I'm the same way." Uh, it's one of those. It's like the uh, what I like so much about a uh, Washington Seinfeld currently. It's like yeah. just that classic like comedy writer thing of like, oh yeah, as much as I Nick would hate to admit it. Whenever I'm introduced to a couple, that's immediately what I think. Yeah. I immediately think these two people are so insanely boring and have nothing going on <laughs> that they work together. And yeah. it's such an awful, horrible thing to think. And it's probably never true, but it's mm. just, I, it, again, like the, the split screen. It's like, ah, I've yeah. seen, seen something in my brain that I've never put the pieces together on. Yeah. Happen on a movie screen. It's nice. So now they're, you know, they're, they're legitimately uh, broken up. Um, I know that there's a point where it flashes back to a previous relationship he had with a very, like, educated, like, Ivy League kind of uh, academia-type woman. And he wants to escape this uh, highbrow party to watch, like, a Knicks game in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And he tries to make, like, a move on her. And, you know, she's like, you're shallow and pedantic or whatever. And he's like, shallow and pedantic? What? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. But basically, uh, Paul Simon... You also should mention that, like, Jeff Goldblum's in this thing. Sigourney Weaver's in this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Yeah, Paul Simon. I think she's like out in the West Coast dating Paul Simon, and I think he flies out there to see her and stuff, right? Or no, they're together for that bit, and they go out there. Yeah, there's. I think it happens around here. Yeah, I can't remember, but there's a point where they're in bed together. She says something on the along the lines of like, "Do you think we're in love, or do you think we're going to get married, or something like that?" Such a shitty, shallow, and pedantic thing to say. Like a shitty like fake smart thing for a guy to say to uh, uh, get out of being in a relationship. He goes, I think we're both much too mature for something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, they do end up broken up. She goes to Paul Simon, West Coast, dates him, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, he's got the phone call where he's like, you should come back to, you know, to New York. And uh, she does, and I believe he tries to propose to her. That doesn't work out. Anyways, he writes a play to try to get this all out of his system. And that's something I like is that, like, in the movie that he actually... Ha- it's like an adaptation thing. In the movie that he has actually written, it doesn't end perfectly. But he talks about, as the character, the play that he's made inside of the movie, how he ends it with them getting together because that's something you always want for art is you want the happy endings because it ha- doesn't happen that often in life, right? Yeah. So it's like that kind of, like story inside of a story that he gets to tell that story that he can't actually tell with the main story because that would be a much different movie like yeah. so the movie the movie itself has to end the way it in ends, a real yeah. way yeah but he still gets to make that little statement about that urge at least you know not that they, he doesn't say this is what you should do with art you know this is just he's just saying this is what you want to do as an artist is you want to kind of get to that you know happily ever after thing and that's kind of Annie Hall yeah, I like um, I like just overall the movie the the. I I, I like the the, I guess, I like I think it's. I think it's a conversation they have, they might have it at the diner at the end of the movie or, something like that. When she says something like, "Well, no, I really enjoyed you and I liked dating you and you got me to you know." You got me to come out of my comfort zone. You got me to start singing, and you got me to start, you know, going back to school and stuff like that. And, you know, that was nice. But you know, now that's, and it, it's very clear that it's like, oh no, he's just, like, especially like with the scenes where it would cut back and forth to him being like, what do you need higher education for? That's bullshit. Because he's afraid that she's sleeping with her professor. And then it cuts back to him being like, no, I think higher education is very important. I don't think yeah. you're dumb. I think you should just learn more. Yeah. Um, yeah, very, very. I think the the lesson of this movie is, which is like the hardest part of this movie for me, is like, yeah, I think the the main point of this movie is that he's the bad guy and mm-hmm. he's like constantly sabotaging this relationship because he's so unbelievably selfish. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's so much that's happening in this movie where I'm like, I can't tell if I'm supposed to like you or not right now, <laughs> and I can't tell how I'm supposed to ever feel about Woody Allen because I just instinctively, instinctively, as a knowing him outside of his movies before knowing his movies, just don't like him. Yeah. Um, 
and uh yeah i do i always i always do really like love that segment in movies and like uh it's why sue me i like la la land so much the end of la la land being like yeah, it was nice it was nice and i think it was definitely worth something but you know now that's over it's over and, you know sometimes it's just how life's gotta be um and I just say, uh, uh, talking about it right now, yeah, I think I like this movie a little bit more than I thought I did. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm going to watch it again, you know? Yeah, I get that. I've watched it a couple of times. I'm going to probably put it in the A... tier. Just a straight A, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's respectable. I'm going to give it a B-. minus. That's also respectable. Yeah. All right. I don't think there's anything else to say. You know? You gotta pick two movies for next week. Oh, you're right. Gosh, what's your movie? Go. Oh, fuck. I don't know. I said that. I was like, man, I shouldn't be saying this right now. Yeah. Because you made that decision to do it so people can watch it before the next episode comes out. But then I have to think about it. Um, I mean, I did just see The Whale. So, like, would it be crazy for you to see The Whale for next? She's like cheating on your end. But, yeah, I could try to see The Whale. Okay. Watch Seven Samurai. Watch something that long right now. Break it up. We don't have to watch it right now. You can watch it tomorrow, the day after. Yeah. The day after that, even. Yeah, I think about six, seven days. Yeah. All right. You want to do it? You want to do Seven Samurai? You can say no. It's your choice. I can think of something else. I just got a bunch of DVDs, so I want to yeah. break them in. And Seven Samurai is the one I haven't seen. Yeah. Want to do The Warriors? Is that three and a half hours? Is that what it is? Something like that, yeah. Okay. I can look at it right now, actually. Okay. No, Seven Samurai is two and a half hours. Oh, okay. Then fuck it. Okay. All right. So Seven Samurai and the Whale? Seven Samurai and the Whale next week. Tune in. I was thinking about it. We were almost going to do the Whale this week with Nope. I was like, I think it's probably good that two white guys in our 20s with a movie podcast don't do two A24 films an episode. <laughs> and with that, I think it's time for the first That's That Mattress Man of the new year. So that's that Mattress Man. Hold on, Mattress Man. I think it changed my mind. Instead of Seven Samurai, which is very long, what about Elephant Man? Sure. Been trying to find an excuse to watch all these David Lynch movies that I haven't seen. Yeah. We can watch two movies about men being very meanly called the name of an animal. Yeah. We can call it Whalefit Man, the episode. It's great. It writes itself. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, correction, editor's note. Editor's note, we're watching The Whale and? Uh, Elephant Man. Correct. Yeah. All right, great. So now the second that's that mattress man of 2023, that's that mattress man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... <laughs> <laughs>